kidding me? You really showed back up to season three of Church Talks podcast. Well, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. In this first episode that we have of season three, we have none other than personal trainer, professional bodybuilder, founder, owner, and namesake of B-Squad Fitness, and her son. We've got Becky Scoggins and her son, Gavin. And unfortunately, we could not get her husband, Chris Scoggins. He had to work on the day that we recorded, and I was really upset about that. Uh, But this family has been in my life for over a decade. Just have loved seeing them grow, hearing their story, just seeing the transformation of their life. And I actually learned more about their story in this episode that I didn't already know. I thought I already knew a whole bunch, but there's always more that you can know when you're just willing to peel back some layers of some people and they're willing to share it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, even more than I did. So here we go. Becky and Gavin Scoggins. Welcome to another episode of Church Talks. I am on another couch. I have a lot of guests that allow me to come into their home. And the couch I am on now is that of the Scoggins family. Uh, I am here with Becky and Gavin. Gavin is her son. And unfortunately, Chris, her husband, is working. So we're giving him a shout out in his absence. I'm going to let Becky and Gavin introduce themselves. And then we'll, uh, we'll get into more of their story. Go ahead. Hello. I'm Becky. Um, I am mom to Gavin. That's my first and most important job. And wifey to Chris. And then I own a business called the B-Squad Fitness. I'm a personal trainer and professional bodybuilder. Uh, Hello. My name is Gavin and I'm the son. (laughs) I guess that's the only introduction I need, right? You're, you're the son. Yeah, yeah he is the, the man-child. How tall are you, Gavin? I am 6'3". Six 6'3", three. Six three and you are... 16. 16 years old, 6'3". Mm-hmm. Probably still growing some. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, was it was it last year, talking about, like, buying pants is a struggle for you, like, to make sure that they're the right... Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're in the special order phase now. Um, He's all legs, so... Yeah. Um, he's, you know, got a kind of an average torso and upper body and then just like stork legs. So we have to special order his pants. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to in some way be able to post a picture, attach it to this yeah. podcast so that uh, not only we can see the height, but also Becky is one of my most tatted friends yes. uh, and she has the dopest mohawk ever. <laughs> so she needs to be seen. And uh, her tattoo artist is actually the one that she recommended uh, me too. Long time ago. Yeah, a long yeah. time ago when I first started getting tattoos. Yeah. Ten plus years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he recently went into retirement, but I think he's come out of retirement he on is. a selective on a limit, basis. Limited basis. Yes. I need to need to holler at him. I'm not even going to shout him out because he. I don't think he wants more people. Yes. But he's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, all right. So Becky, tell me. I mean, you can you can go into detail if you want, or you can just give a a short synopsis of your story, from, you know when you first started learning who you were as, you know, a child, growing up, getting married, having a child of your own. Oh, how long is this podcast? (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm a talker, so that's not a problem. Not a problem. Um, I guess I'll start with um, my, you know, my second birth, you know, when I was born again. Um, Okay. So as a teenager, and I think this is important for Gavin to know and understand too, and he's kind of heard part of this story, but as a teenager, I 
experimented with a lot of different things, um, put myself in a lot of dangerous situations, um, lied to my parents, you know, about where I was and what I was doing, um, experimented with drugs and alcohol, you know, some of which were, like I said, extremely dangerous and could have led me down a really dark path. Um, but thankfully I had, you know, this one friend that never gave up on me and she mm -hmm. always just kept saying like, you know, I think you're just a super nice person. And she would always say nice things to me mm -hmm. that, you know, nobody else in my life was saying at the time. So I uh, went to church with her um, when I was 15 years old and I got saved. And it was a very conscious decision. And I was actually just kind of like hungover almost hmm. when uh, the day I got saved. And I yeah. always am sure to point that out to people because a lot of people think, you know, when you become a Christian, it's like this, you're this perfect person who's got it all figured out mm. and I was just a hot mess mm -hmm. you know so you know Christ pulled me out of a lot of ugly ugly things um you know growing up you know I, I met my husband Chris when uh, probably about a year later um, when I was a freshman almost sophomore in high school and we were friends for a long time because he was a little bit older than me so it was mm -hmm. kind of like a um kind of a strange friendship because we were very close but we were just friends um, yeah. <clears throat> until we weren't. <laughs> well, wasn't and, he like, was he the youth pastor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was helping out with, he okay. wasn't like lead, you know, youth leader or anything like that. So it was kind of a hairy situation. We had to yeah. um, be very careful, but um, we never dated. Uh, we talked about, you know, our feelings for each other. We prayed through it. And then he was like, if this is it, this is it. I'm not the mm -hmm. type to date anymore. I'm kind of over this whole, like, Christian dating scene, and yeah. if this is it, this is it. And I was like 17, <laughs> so at the time I was like, I'm applying to colleges. Like, <laughs> I ain't thinking about life it up right now. Um, but you know, through prayer, I, you know, I really think the spirit moved at the perfect time for the both of us because had I let the world influence that decision around me, we would never have wound up together. Um, but I'm really, really glad as young as I was in my faith and just, you know, as a person mm -hmm. that I listened to that, that calling. Um, cause now it's almost 23 wow. years later and he's still my best friend in the world wow. and we're very, very happy together. So, um, at least I am, <laughs> I'll let him speak for himself. I am hard to live with, <laughs> um, five years into our marriage. Uh, when we first got married, I will preface it by saying I did not want children. I was not mom material. Mm -hmm. I am still, still to this day, at almost 40 years old, dealing with trauma from my childhood. Wow. So it was always one of those, I don't want kids mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, but five years into our marriage, I think God softened my heart because I just kept thinking like, man, Chris and I could have a person that is literally half me and half him and it would be a whole different person. Isn't that wild? Would, yes. I don't plan on ever birthing children, but just the fact that like there could be a human out of me, like right. that's scary. It's, it's terrifying. It's so cool. It's so cool, yeah. But so we were literally on a cruise in um, the middle of the Caribbean when we decided like, okay, I guess we're going to decide to have kids now, you know. Um, Notes to self. Don't go on a Caribbean cruise. <laughs> Cruises are awesome. Yeah. But um, anyway, we came home and, and a few months later, you know, I was pregnant. And it, it was a beautiful moment, but my pregnancy was riddled with mm. problems. Um, I was diabetic. I was sick for the entire nine months. <laughs> so sick. 
Um, and I had like some medical conditions that essentially, without going into detail, mean that I couldn't have kids again after Gavin. So, you know, Gavin was born and we kind of made plans to ensure that if I, you know, I, I didn't want to get pregnant again and have to make that kind of decision. That's the dog. Um, <laughs> didn't want to have to make that kind of decision where I'm having to decide if I get pregnant, do I, you know, risk my life or, you know, mm-hmm. because that to me wouldn't even be a decision. And yeah. I don't want to put Chris in that. Right. So, um, you know, we took care of that. <laughs> took care of that. And, um, you know, in 2009, is that when Chris had his, May 2nd, yeah. May 2nd, 2009, um, Chris had a near-death experience. He had what's called sudden cardiac arrest. Um, Gavin was almost four. In fact, he, Chris came home from the hospital on Gavin's fourth birthday. It's a great birthday present. And um, that was a very trying time, you know, spiritually for me just because Chris was a completely healthy you know, 32-year-old man, and he just was sitting on the couch, and his heart stopped, and he almost died, and um, that was a a long process, just Mm -hmm. getting through him being in coma, and him recovering from that, and um, identifying what happened, because for a while, nobody knew what had happened to Chris, and why he had literally, like, just killed over, Um, and I think that for him was almost like a rebirth and a refreshing and like a fresh fire for him spiritually because um, we were very happy together, but we were not walking in God's promise and God's will mm-hmm. as, as well and as effectively as we could have been. And I feel like um, we ignored a lot of convictions back then that, we've learned to accept and to, to hear and to, you know, embrace now mm-hmm. as we're older and have learned so much about life in general. Yeah. But, um, you know, after that point, you know, things kind of changed for us spiritually and we, you know, we got into, um, reading our Bibles more and praying together more and things like that. And then shortly after that, we found, um, impact. And that was a really powerful, Mm-hmm. Um, thing for us. I remember going into Impact for the first time. Gavin was little, and we knew Sarah, who is, um, you know, the pastor's sister. We knew Sarah through um, Gavin, who was at an autism inclusion program that she kind of headed up. Um, and but you know, Gavin has autism, very high functioning autism, mm-hmm. and most people don't know. But back then, he was a lot more. Um, his symptoms were more severe. So we knew her and she kept inviting us over and over and over again. And I'll never forget we walked in for the first time and the praise band was up on stage and it was in this tiny auditorium at the school. <laughs> and I sat, I went and walked over to the place where we were standing, where the chairs were. And I was looking around kind of self-conscious at first. And then I just looked up at the screen and started reading the words. And then like the music hit me. Mm-hmm. And I got flattened within like 30 <laughs> seconds of being there. I was like, Boo! you know, like bawling like a baby and felt like this rush of the Holy Spirit over, over both Chris and I. And I, in, in that moment, I was kind of like, I'm home. Like, this mm-hmm. is what it, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is where we've always supposed to have been. Not necessarily in that building or, ne- or even in that church, but yeah. in the presence of God, like, you know, 
this is what we've been missing. So that was a just a wonderful experience, and we stayed at Impact for, you know, years. Um, you know, over the years as Gavin got older, we kind of drifted away from that family, and um, you know, we have we've Gavin's very involved with the church that we kind of know now as Friendly Hills PCA. PCA is that right? Um, which I, I'm so thankful for because my fear was always that Gavin would not understand the mm -hmm. gospel or he would not be able to process that spiritual connection mm -hmm. because of his autism. But, right. you know, I feel to this day that him being as involved as he was at Impact when he was in those critical formative years okay. have given him a deeper understanding. Um, so today that's, you know, here we are. Um, you know, Gavin is my best friend by far my best friend he's my pal around mm -hmm. so you know he sits here on a friday morning when most kids are in school but you know i homeschool gavin now which was always a dream of mine mm -hmm. and um you know i've only got a few more years with him before he's off to the man thing <laughs> doing the man thing and so i'm just kind of like <laughs> and you're in college classes yep so yeah. 16 years old homeschooled uh in college classes planning to get what your associate's oh. degree yeah by the time yeah. you graduate high school yeah that's awesome yeah. Mm -hmm. incredible yeah gavin do you have anything to add to any of that story from your perspective so. i think she summed it all up pretty well <laughs> she did she did she did a great job yeah. uh so yeah so that is so you said you know going to impact that's where we met that's how mm -hmm. we connected mm -hmm. uh, i actually talked with sarah for a few years but that mm -hmm. was after gavin i think had graduated from her class and uh, so I got to, to see you grow up. And um, I remember there was one church service that was like a huge milestone where everybody just like cheered and cried. I don't even know what it was, but mm -hmm. there was just like, it was like a miracle moment that something that you didn't think was possible happened mm -hmm. with Gavin. And it was just, I don't yeah. know. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know the details of it, but I remember it was like, like time just like stood still God, for me. There were so many. And and Pastor Jason was also so supportive of every milestone of Gavin's that yeah. every milestone was like a huge celebration. Yeah. But there were a couple in particular, like Gavin wouldn't, you know, he was nonverbal for a while. And um, one day he got off the bus and he said, I love you, mama. And I remember telling everybody about that. So that was probably one of them because I was <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was just like a, like, oh, I was bawling. Wow. And then, um, you know, when Chris and I had the conversation with Gavin about Christ and whether or not he really understood, like, salvation and what is it, mm -hmm. and um, is this something that, you know, you believe or don't believe, and for a long time, he didn't really answer either way. It was like he just didn't care, I guess, or right. he just didn't grasp it yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I do remember going to impact one day and, and him, you know, saying that he believed and that, you know, Christ was, was his Christ, you know, and that was another big milestone I remember, but there were so many, I mean, right. just like little things would have you guys like running around the church and I'm just like, you know, that we were that kind of church. Yeah. We would was, run. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was, there were so many awesome, um, moments for Gavin in that church that yeah. like, he doesn't even remember having. Right. But of course, you know, we do. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as I guess we were in that small 
school like auditorium i know you said it wasn't about that building because we ended up going to multiple mm-hmm. buildings and locations where we met for church but uh some of my greatest memories with you guys are when you opened up your home on friday mm-hmm. nights and i think we called it impact 716 mm-hmm. is that right so yep. that was like the the young adult group that you guys led and oh man we would go out to eat we'd play games we'd play music yeah. i would bring my guitar uh, Chris would bring his bongo drum, yeah. and I mean, we would just have a good time. We went Christmas caroling in your neighborhood we one sure time. <laughs> like those are just like such cool moments yeah. that I feel old, and I'm like, man, like, those are the days. But literally, like those are moments that, mm-hmm. like memories that nobody can take from me. One of and, my favorite moments with you uh-oh. was I think it was I can't remember who else was with us, but we were up in my loft, and it was like we didn't even have any lights on. Mm-hmm. Up there, it was just like dark. We were just sitting yeah. on the floor up there, and you had your guitar and you started singing. And I remember like looking. I can't. I don't remember if it was Allison Hayes. It was somebody uh-huh. that we were close to, and I just remember looking over at her and going, "Did you know she could sing like that?" <laughs> like I was just so shocked. Um, and I just kept saying, "See something else." <laughs> <laughs> don't and be we, telling my secrets. And we Vicky. sat upstairs for like two hours. And I we were do just remember like that in the dark. The guitar in the dark. Yes, I loved that night. Yeah, I love those moments. I yeah. love music. It's still to this day like one of my best like therapies yeah um it's just playing music whether in the dark like I have a music room at my house Mm -hmm. that I have the little string lights around the the ceiling um so just to have that it's a vibe it's it's totally (laughs) a vibe so uh but anyway so you said that you have a business Mm B-Squad Fitness Mm -hmm. and I want to know more about that journey because like when I look at you now I mean you were cool 10 years ago but you're like another level of cool now (laughs) So I'm very dorky. It's all a ruse. <laughs> I love it. And like, and you and Chris both, I mean, it's just, y'all, you've always just stood out to me. Um, not just because of your tattoos or your love for skillet, mm-hmm. uh, or your mohawks and, you know, just crazy edgy. Uh, you know, I guess I could, I could say it this way. Like, you know, when you are just out in public and you see people like, <laughs> I don't know what Gavin, yeah. you know, but like you probably get some interesting looks. What a, we, can't, we can't take her anywhere. We can't, right. I mean, you know, you just, you stand out, yeah. but it's not just about the platinum mohawk and the tattoos, like your smile and your mm-hmm. energy. That's just like, I want to hug everybody and I just want to, you know, open my home and play music or record podcasts or whatever. Yeah. It's just, you have this, such a welcoming personality and, uh, and like I said, that has been the case for forever, but it's just, it's reached a new level. So maybe just talk about the transformation between when I met you mm. 10, 11, 12 years ago mm-hmm. to now. Um, you're being very tactful. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> so I was, um, very, very overweight 10 years ago and, um, unhealthy. And <clears throat> I worked in corporate marketing for, 20 years, um, I had my own agency and a lot of that was just very high stress Mm -hmm. and, you know, I eat my feelings. (laughs) So anytime I felt stressed out, I would just kind of go home and eat a box of cereal or eat hamburger helper or mac and cheese Mm -hmm. or whatever. I just felt like that would comfort me and make me feel better. Um, but I was avoiding kind of addressing the real issues, which were, I'm unhappy at my job and what I'm doing and I'm not Mm -hmm. spending enough time with my child or husband and, Um, so I'm just kind of hiding behind, you know, my own body and my own sense of self. And I'm going to ignore 
you know, what the real problems are. Um, as I began to kind of prioritize, like, you know, I need to find what works for my family and me. And it's definitely not working 15, 16 hour days, five to six days a week and being out of state every two weeks. You know, this was all around the time, you know, Chris had his cardiac arrest and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how to live in my own body. And it sounds, it sounds strange to say that, but, um, the more I've learned over the years about fitness and health and yoga and trauma is that we are so disconnected as a society from our bodies. Mm -hmm. And essentially, you know, if we look at what, what this is, this vessel that we're given, we, we get one. Right. That's it. We can move houses. We can move states. We can change jobs. We can have kids. We can have spouses. But the only place that we truly live on this earth is in this mm -hmm. body. It's very temporary and it's very fragile. And I forgot that, you know, and so I let myself, you know, go. I got really, really big, felt really bad all the time. Um, all I wanted to do was sleep. I get up like at 11 or 12 o'clock in the mornings and like Chris would get up with Gavin and just entertain him for me so I could sleep because he thought maybe she's really tired, but really I was just unhealthy. So I made the decision after years of yo-yo dieting and going up and down on the scale and said, I'm done, I'm done making excuses for why I can't do this. Like there is no excuse. Um, I, and this was August 14th, 2014, I think 14, that I made that decision. And, and that was the day that I, that like changed my life forever as far as my health goes. Mm -hmm. So I started making small decisions like, you know, I'm going to skip this soda or I'm just going to scale back on portions or I'm just going to try a new recipe or I'm just going to drink a little bit more water. I just started small because right. all I had ever known was dive in to whatever fad diet is going to make mm -hmm. me lose a lot of weight fast, but that's not sustainable. You can't. Right. You can't live like that forever. A diet's a, called a diet because there's a start and an end to it. Mm -hmm. It's not a lifestyle. And that's all I'd ever done. So I started making those decisions that changed behavior. I addressed my behavior first. Um, and the weight started to come off. As it started to come off, I got more into yoga um, just for the mental clarity that I got mm -hmm. from it. Um, because I was in such high stress jobs that I would go to this yoga class. I will never forget going to this hot yoga class and all these bendy people are just like doing these ridiculous poses where I couldn't even touch my toes at the time. I still can't touch my toes. And they're like they're like bending backwards like bows and arrows. I'm right. not even joking. And it was hot yoga and so I'm sweating buckets. Mm. I'm miserable. I'm like, this is the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> but I remember laying down at the end of class to meditate. You know, and, and, you know, meditation is simply um, kind of looking at what's within you. There's mm -hmm. nothing spooky about it. It doesn't right. have, I mean, some people go into that mystical kind of spooky stuff. Right. But, you know, for me, meditation was looking inside, clearing out the junk that, you know, the excuses, the toxic thoughts, mm -hmm. setting boundaries for yourself, you know, all those types of things that were healthy for me. You know, prayer to me is, is an external communication to, to God. It's like... It has nothing to do with me. This is, I'm speaking to my creator, yeah. you know, and he is speaking sure. to me. That's a two-way communication. You know, meditation is more like I need to address some practical things mm -hmm. that I can make changes for. Or I need to clear out my mind and just be present right, right. here, right now is the gift 
that it is. Yeah. And that was where I really found a lot of benefit in yoga. The physical stuff came later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the weight started coming off and I got, I decided to get certified to teach yoga because I thought, man, I'm getting more flexible. I'm, I'm getting thinner. Um, but I still didn't know what I was doing as far as my health went. I yeah. was just like, it's working. <laughs> Let's just keep doing it. So, um, I got a, a job kind of teaching yoga and I, you know, centered around trauma-based yoga just for my own mm-hmm. past and history. So I did some extra education and certification in San Diego um, with a guy named James Fox and he taught life sentence inmates at San Quentin. And so he had a lot of trauma methodology mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the inmates there were suffering from compound traumas that obviously, um, you know, didn't help them with their criminology, yeah. you know, the things wow. that they did. So um, I studied under him, started teaching, got this um, part-time kind of yoga position at a training studio in Greensboro, uh, which is now called Powell Fitness. And Will Powell, um, who was my mentor for years and is a wonderful human being, kind of took me under his wing and came to me one day and he said, you know, you're thin, you look good. You don't have a lick of muscle on you. (laughs) Why don't you start lifting some weights, girlfriend? (laughs) So, you know, me being just like, okay, Will, because he's, he's so well known in the CrossFit community and he's just such a, an example, you know, he's in his Mm -hmm. sixties and is in incredible shape. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do what he tells me to do because this guy knows what he's talking about. Started attending his seminars, talking about clean eating, started um, taking personal training courses and and really just kind of delving into the fitness part of it all the while still learning like I had no idea what my body is actually capable of I've never pushed it to see Mm -hmm. I've always just kind of settled for what's comfortable and I always tell my clients now you know the little bubble you live in with your comfort you know the magic the magic where everything happens it's like right outside (laughs) that bubble and that goes for physical yeah. growth, spiritual growth, you know, growth hurts. It is right. uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if it's growing into the body that you're working towards or growing into the child of God that you're, mm-hmm. you know, purpose to be. It It's painful. It doesn't feel good all the time. But the reward is well worth the yeah. sacrifices that you have to make to get there. So as I, you know, got my personal training um, certifications and fitness nutrition certifications, I started building my clientele and I never wanted it to be about Becky being the mean trainer who never has anything nice to say. (laughs) Uh, Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a pushover and I will, I will get you outside of that comfort zone plenty. Yeah. But I wanted us to be a family. I wanted my clients to feel like it wasn't just me that they were being held accountable to. So I created a brand called the B squad that the very essence of it is we are a squad. Every Mm -hmm. painful experience you go through during your workout, we're all experiencing it. Every, you know, challenge you have when you want to fall off the wagon with your meal plan, everyone else feels that too. So we created an online community where even if my private clients don't participate in some of the semi-private things that I have going on, they feel connected to everyone else. Right. So we'll post, you know, workout feedback where somebody's like, is anybody else's legs 
super <laughs> sore today. And then they'll get like 15 comments and gifs and you know, that sort of thing where they all feel like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so they relate to each other. They've built that rapport. And then, um, you know, as I started to kind of develop that and build the clientele up, we started doing um, kind of group outings, squad outings, as I call them. So we'll go hiking at Hanging Rock. So people who train in the mornings and don't ever meet anyone in the evenings, yeah. they can all meet each other. We all do, you know, little fun outings and things like that. Um, we're going to do laser tag um, next month because it's cold and we'll do something indoors, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of built over time. We just moved to a, like, brand new state-of-the-art 37,000 square foot facility um, called Strength and Body in Greensboro. Um, wonderful family of bodybuilders there. And that's really where my own bodybuilding journey, like, just elevated. You right. know, I've been competing as a figure competitor for years, um, bikini and figure competitor for years, but being there has really taken my physique to the next level. So, yeah, that's kind of where we are. Gavin's yeah. part of the squad. He trains now four to five days a week. We yeah. are working hard to get him some size because he, um, he's a, a tall, lanky fellow. And got a lick of muscle. He probably got more than what she started off with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And Chris also is in the squad too, he right? He sure is. So I see yeah. that they're all like, I mean, you're working out as a family. Yes. There's um, a lot of whining, but um, they get it done. <laughs> I know. Trust me. I have I've contemplated like like texting you, being like, so Can I might want to get on the squad, but I'm like, no, I, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet, <laughs> and I can acknowledge yeah. that. Maybe someday. Yes. Well, uh, we I always meet people where they are. You know, so even if you're in a in a squad group, you know, and you're not able to do something that maybe somebody else next to you can do, there's always scaling available for yeah. that. So. Well, you know, just as you were saying about how you know you build clientele, um, you build muscle. You build community, mm-hmm. um, and you build confidence. And I think that you first have done that with yourself. I think that, you know, just from what I am understanding, what I'm getting from it is that when you felt unhealthy before and you were just kind of like, these are my words, but like life was just kind of dragging you mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've gotten in the driver's seat. And as you have become more healthy and more like in tune with who you are, with yoga, with, you know, just being in tune with your body, um, it seems that it has actually built more confidence in you to where you can now like impart that onto somebody else because you're, you're living it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard. And, you know, I've seen this myself. I've probably done this myself, but to try to like get confidence, you know, out of people, like pull that, like, you know, you can be confident when maybe I'm timid myself and I don't want to admit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you just, you walk with such confidence and I think part of that, too, is just age. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who I was 10 years ago is so, it's like, I know that girl, and I remember that girl, mm-hmm. and and I want to make that girl proud, you know, of, uh, of who I am now. Yeah. So, you know, every time I start to kind of retreat back into that, I'm not good enough, I, you know, am never going to get there kind of mentality Mm -hmm. I remember that girl and I and I honor that girl because I don't I don't want to let her down I've worked way too hard Mm -hmm. but you know part of that is just age like 10 years ago I was the type of person that wanted to make everybody like me and I would do or say things for approval and for that affirmation that like people like me and and that makes me feel good I'm looking for Mm -hmm. that external 
yeah. you know, validation. Um, I think what's changed over 10 years, aside from the fact that I've just gotten older and experienced life, is I no longer seek that external validation. Um, is it nice to, to be liked and to be validated? Of course. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody on earth would deny that. But at the end of the day, when I maybe don't necessarily get that validation or you know maybe my coach says that I'm not where I need to be or something like that, um, I use that as fuel to say, like, this is this is not about me at all. You know, mm-hmm. when you when you're denied a validation um, or even insulted or put down or whatever, it has nothing to do with you. Every time someone says something toxic or negative to you, like I've learned to have grace because I don't know what that person's dealing with that makes them project whatever they're feeling onto me. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Just like this bodybuilding journey, a lot of people see as a very vain and self-centered and, you know, physical kind of obsession. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, if if left unchecked, it can turn into that. And I won't, sure. and I won't lie and say that when I first started bodybuilding, I did it for the wrong reasons. Um, but it's so much more than that now. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the desire to... Um, succeed is not about how good I can get my body to look or how good I can look up on stage in a little sparkly bathing suit, you know, which is tough enough to handle as it is when judges, I don't know how you do <laughs> judges point out everything that they're, they're like, you need to work on A, B, C, D, E, F, always Z. bring those mm. up and you'll do great, you know, but mm. it's not about that. When I step out on stage and, and anyone who's ever been to one of my shows can, can attest that I only pick songs that glorify Christ. So when I go out and do my tea walk, which is like a um, 60 second routine where you go in front of the judges by yourself and you Mm -hmm. do your mandatory poses and then some fun poses. um, I always pick a song that brings awareness and attention to Christ. Um, And I, I do this because I want to honor what he gave me in the best possible way. I want to achieve discipline and willpower and things that develop me as a human being because mm-hmm. in doing those things physically, that goes into every other aspect of my life. If I am disciplined in the gym, if I am disciplined with my meals, I am disciplined with my prayer, I am disciplined mm-hmm. with my scripture, mm-hmm. I am disciplined with every other aspect of my life. And so that's where bodybuilding carries over as a believer into something that can be very powerful. Um, the physicality of it is a side effect. It's yeah. not the catalyst. It's just the result. Does that oh, make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so many people that can relate to what you're saying, and they may have nothing to do with bodybuilding. Uh, but just you know what you're saying as far as, like you said earlier, you have one vessel, and... We can, we can move locations. We can do all these things. Um, we can decorate our bodies. Mm-hmm. We can sculpt our bodies. It's we can do all these art. things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, we can do all these things, but it's like, you know, we want to feel like we belong in our body. Mm-hmm. And so many people do not feel that way. And it was the one person when you were a teenager uh, that was speaking life to you mm-hmm. and that was encouraging you and reminding you who you are because you had all these other negative voices around you. And you said, I think that was the one person that actually spoke life into you. Yes. And I think you would you would acknowledge that you are that one person for so many people right now. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's the ones that you see, you know, in person, at the gym, 
whether it's the ones that you are speaking into with your online community, even me on social media, haven't seen you physically in years. <laughs> and yet, you know, you're inspiring people every day with what you're posting and sharing. And we talk about like, we need to get rid of social media because it's so, you know, whatever. But like, it is a useful tool mm-hmm. and it can be uh, very impactful in a positive way if we use it that way. Yeah. And that is what you're doing. I appreciate it. And uh, so many other people do too. So thank you for sharing of your heart and, and your, you know, your history of, you know, what, what God has brought you through and what he's showing you, what you're continuing to learn right now. Uh, what, what would be something that you're saying that God is like teaching you, showing you right now that's like you're in the process of learning? You haven't mastered it yet. What is something that God's showing you right now? Mm, I would say, you know, right now, a growing area for me um, is not letting my own my own kind of day, my own emotions impact what my ministry is. So, and I've said this to clients several times when, you know, we look at, you know, they're coming into the gym and they're like, I really don't want to be here today, man. I'm just, I've had a crappy day. And all I want to say is, well, I have too. (laughs) I have too, but I have to be on for Mm -hmm. my, for my clients. I need to be a light at all times. And I, there's going to be days and there are days when I don't feel like doing that, you know? So a growing area for me is just, you know, allowing myself to acknowledge, like, it's okay not to be okay, um, and being more transparent with clients while still maintaining that level of professionalism, obviously, right. but um, just be okay not being okay sometimes. Yeah. I have really struggled with anxiety over the years, um, and the boys can attest that I will spiral very quickly, and mm-hmm. they have tools and coping skills that they help me with to get me out of those kind of holes um but it can happen very quickly and mm-hmm. I can go from zero to 100 in 2.5 seconds where I'm perfectly fine I might and then... need some of these tools because I <laughs> I kind of have those moments as well right I'm perfectly fine and then they are backing away slowly like yeah. whoa it's a real um, thing. so that's a growing area for me I I if I need to acknowledge it's okay not to be okay mm-hmm. sometimes and to you know allow myself to feel feelings you right. know I'm not a robot yeah. I mean <laughs> we've seen this so many times in church where it's like, you know, if you, if you go to church, then you have to act like that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm blessed and highly favored. And we learn to put on these masks and these facades Mm -hmm. when, you know, if you're in leadership, whether it's in a church, whether it's at a workplace Mm -hmm. with your, your squad, you have to lead and, you know, lead with honesty, lead with, you know, yes, I've had a crappy day too. But I'm still showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give in to what I'm feeling right now because there's something bigger than my feelings. Like there's something bigger that I know that I can do. I'm created to do. And I'm not going to let myself down or let you down by giving in to what I'm feeling. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. man, I wish everybody could be like that. But it's really hard. It is. Especially you know? when you've been conditioned yeah. over years through society and culture not to do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of people stay in the bubble. Uh, the listeners couldn't see earlier when you gave your little like description, but I mean, you know, there is a round bubble that we live in that it's our comfort zone. That's what's, you know, what comes easy, but the stuff that we have to work a little bit extra at mm-hmm. is going to be, like you said, worthwhile. And there's not many people that want to like branch out into that, but the ones that do, it's like, get out the bubble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never climbed Mount Everest, but I hear the view is worth it. 
I don't know if I actually I won't believe trust that. You on that one. Right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't plan on climbing you can that. Have that. Yeah. So, man, well, I've got some rapid fire questions okay. for you guys. Okay. And uh, there, there might be some that is not such a quick answer. So we'll, we'll leave time in case there's a more detailed. Oh, yes. Oh boy. Um, okay. And I might ask Gavin some some separate ones. Okay. So. But Becky, actually, I'll, this would be for both of you guys. Do you brush your teeth with warm or cold water? Warm. Cold. <laughs> you had to really think about that. Um, do you yeah. know your Enneagram number? Nine, I think. You're nine? Or one? Okay. One or nine? Which one's Peacemaker? I'm not that one. Nine is Peacemaker. Okay, then I'm one. Okay. So you are, you are the reformer, which makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. Um, so finish this sentence. If I wasn't afraid, I would skydive. You got one, Gavin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your ideal pizza, Gavin? Uh, pepperoni and sausage. With like regular hand tossed crust? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever is fine. I just like pizza. <laughs> Me too. I'm like the weird one that I, I'm into cauliflower crust now. Oh, yeah. But they don't have that in Rockingham County at all. Nobody's heard of it. <laughs> Got to come out here to the big city of Greensboro. That's right. Big old city. Oh, my gosh. So, name an unpopular opinion that you have, Becky. <laughs> unpopular opinion. Oh, boy. Um, it doesn't matter, like, how edgy you want to get with your look. Just be you. A lot of people think that it's for attention, but it's not. Do you, boo? Yeah. Uh, what's the last thing that made you cry? Oh, gosh. Everything. Um, oh, uh. Tuesday, Gavin's first day of college, on campus. I didn't know that. Because he did a, he did a. <laughs> she waited till you. Of course, it's like kindergarten. When I dropped him off, I was booing on the way. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. All right, so describe your coffee slash tea order. Um, coffee order would be black with stevia, and tea would be pretty much anything that has a spice in it. Yes. Do you like London Fog? I don't know. It's ah, London Fog. My favorite. I like, you know what I liked was your mom's old tea house, cream of Earl Grey. Oh my gosh. With the vanilla in That it. is very similar. Add a little bit of lavender and that's basically London Fog. Okay. I forgot you came to the, to I, the Ruby Rose Tea Room. Yes, all the time. Man. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, what's your favorite podcast? Oh gosh, I don't want to admit this one. <laughs> okay, but I will, I will. Okay. Okay, so disclaimer, there is language in this podcast. But I am a true crime junkie. What? <laughs> I don't know. I know it's okay. a guilt. It's a guilty pleasure. It's called morbid. Wow. And it covers like famous, you know, crimes from all over the world. And it's like a guilty pleasure. And I listen to it on the way to the gym. It does have language in it, but I don't listen to it with him in the car. I would. I would never oh, have true thought crime. that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, what's the last concert you attended? I'll probably skillet. Yep, which has been forever ago. Yeah. Yeah, how many how many tattoos do you and Chris have that has something to do with skillet? Oh, I don't have any. Chris has like three. Yeah, yeah. he's got he's got a few. Yeah. Um, do you dress for comfort or for fashion? Both. Fashion. Always both. What'd you say, fashion? Yeah. Yeah, he always dresses for fashion. Man. He's got swag. He drips. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, What is your favorite yeah. scent? Anything um, that smells like candy. Um, like Bath and Body Works had a chocolate covered cherry lotion and it oh sounds disgusting because you're like, ooh, so lotion like that, that smells sweet. like chocolate. Oh, it smells so, it smells like straight cupcake. Mm. 
Gavin, what about you? Kind of like a false sense, like, for the season, you know, like, yeah. like we have now, like, kind of the pumpkin spice smell, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To know. wear it or just to smell it in your house? Oh, just in the house. Do you mm-hmm. wear any scents? Yeah, you know, some uh, body sprays and stuff. Cool. That I use. He likes to smell good. Oh, yeah. You have to. I mean, you're a 16-year-old boy. That's, that's, that should be a given. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Oh, Florence, Italy. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's okay. on our bucket list. We're saving up for that one. Yeah, Me Italy. Too. But, you know, when things are easier for travel. Exactly. Yeah. Greece. Greece is my number oh. one. So. Santorini. Yeah. I was planning on that before the pandemic hit, and still, it's on my bucket list still. Yes. Uh, let's see. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, we love Christmas. This house looks like the Christmas tree shop exploded in our house at Christmas. Well, why did you take it down already? We're oh, still in January. I know. I put it up November 1st. I'm one of those. I'll and put so, mine up before Halloween. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I don't feel so bad. I put mine up November 1st. And so, like, the day after Christmas, I'm like, well, Christmas is over. Let's take it all down because I don't want to stare at it and be all depressed because Christmas is over. So, I take it down. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think, I think in 2020, I don't think I took my tree down at all. <laughs> I have a really small little four foot tree, but I think I left it up all year long. I was like, we need we need something light and cheery. Christmas in July. Yes, absolutely. All right, when you're putting your t shirts on, do you put your head in first or do you put your arms in first? That depends sometimes. Arms. I had to I had I to know. physically right, you do it. <laughs> arms. I love it. What's the last movie you watched? And I'm saying this as I'm looking at this extremely extensive D V D collection that you have on this wall. So y'all are movie junkies. But yeah. yeah. The last movie I watched is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. I don't know. I haven't watched the movie in a few days. Um, what was the well, last movie? I know you guys are like Universal Studios fans yes. with going to the yes. Harry Potter world, drinking the butterbeer. Yes. <laughs> I just do it vicariously through you. I'm like, please, I just want to taste that butterbeer. Oh, so okay. good. All right. So last question, and I want you both to answer this, but what do you want to be remembered as? Hmm. Mm. I would like to be remembered as someone who um, made people feel better about themselves. I don't want to leave like this massive legacy of like, oh, she was a millionaire who did this and that. I just Mm want to be like remembered as somebody who's like, when she was in the room, I loved myself. Wow. Uh, I guess I just want to be remembered as someone who made a difference for somebody in any way whatever that may be yeah mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool I love it I love it is there anything else that you guys want to talk about that we haven't yet cool I think so. well, thank you guys so much for this conversation uh, I'm excited to hear the feedback from the listeners on this and just how it has inspired them uh, hopefully to live a healthier life uh, to be more confident in themselves to, to love themselves and to step out of their comfort zone because it is worth it. And totally. I think that the more that we hear people say that, that uh, aren't just saying it from a standpoint of, oh, this, this sounds really good for somebody else to do, but somebody who has done it and who mm-hmm. continues to do it. Uh, like you said, the sustainability, it's not just about a diet. This is a lifestyle that we're making here. Um, then I think that it, it does more for our hearts to want to step out and do that. That's right. So I'm going to give... Your uh, Instagram handle, I believe it's at, is the it B? B Squad the Fitness. The B Squad Fitness. Yes. At the B Squad Fitness. 
And are you on Facebook? Do you have anything where people can find you there? I am. I just have a, like, I use my personal page as my professional professional page, too. So um, they okay. can just find me on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't think people have heard the name Scoggins very often. What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the origin of that name? Well, we're, we're thinking that it's Scottish, Irish, um, but as we looked last year a little bit more into it, uh, we learned that there are some Scandinavian Viking um, Heck yeah. kind of origin in there. So we're, I like it. Yeah. But it's S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S. Yes. Um, and I'll tag all these in the show notes as well. And thank you so much again. Thank you, Gavin. And if Chris, I'm sure he's going to go back and listen to this. So, Chris, thank you for letting me <laughs> sit on your couch and, and steal your family for a little bit. Uh, all right. Hope everybody has a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Church Talks. Church Talks. Church Talks.